I think each and every one of us would say that this has been kind of a, a tough year. I was even thinking kind of strangely this morning when I heard about all these uh, flights that were canceled. You know, there are hundreds of flights around the United States that were canceled today. I'm just thinking, you know, I'm glad that Mary and Joseph traveled by donkey. But as much as this has been a difficult year, if you stop to think about it, those of us who are at least, say, 25 years of age, think back to Christmas of 2001. Just a couple months after the events of 9-11. And as Christmas drew near that year, people were asking, how, how can we talk about peace when the fact is that there are terrorists who don't even know our names who are willing to kill us? And that was talked about a lot in, in one of the November issues of Newsweek. They quoted a little girl, four years old, named Laura Beth Hulbaki. And when she heard that question, what do we do when there are people willing to kill us who don't even know our names? She said, well, why don't we tell them our names? The fact is that a name is a very important thing. Names establish relationships. Names break down barriers, and names assure us and others of our identity. That's why, for instance, there was an option of reading this really long gospel reading today with that whole genealogy of Jesus. And the reason why Matthew included this long genealogy of Jesus was precisely because all those names indicated who that man was and is. Share a story with you. It comes from a, a man by the name of Fred Craddock, who was a very famous Protestant preacher. He has since passed away. And he, he tells the story that uh, he and his wife uh, decided to take a vacation to go back to, to Tennessee, where he grew up. And after, you know, a lot of, you know, homecoming and all this to do and everything, he and his wife one evening decided, well, we're going to find a restaurant where we can just be the two of us and have a nice, really quiet dinner. And so as they were waiting for the food to be brought to them, Credock saw a very distinguished white-haired gentleman moving from table to table, greeting people. And he leaned over to his wife and said, boy, I hope he doesn't come here. And sure enough, he did. And he got to their table and he said, uh, hi folks, my name is, excuse me, I'm losing my, my notes. He said, <laughs> my name is Ben Hooper. And where are you folks from? And they said, well, we're from Oklahoma. And he said, well, great. Glad to have you here. 
So what do you do in Oklahoma? And Cradock says, well, I'm actually, I, I teach in a seminary. I teach sermon writing. I teach delivering sermons. And Hooper says, oh, that's great. I got a story for you. And Craddock goes to himself, oh my goodness, not another one. Every time I meet somebody, they got a preacher story. So with that, Hooper pulls over a chair and sits down with Craddock and his wife. And he tells them, you know, I wasn't born very far from here at all, up in the mountains. And my mother wasn't married when I was born. And that really was a tough way to grow up. The kids, they had names for me, and trust me, those names were not at all nice. And whenever I could, in recess or during lunchtime, I got as far away from them as I could. I just couldn't take the insults. It really, really hurt. And even worse was when I would go downtown on Saturdays, and I'd walk down the street, and I had this sense that everybody was looking at me and saying, who is that kid's father? Despite all that, Hooper was very diligent, even as a young boy, of attending church every Sunday. But he would come late and leave early to avoid seeing people and people giving him this stare. Well, it turns out that one Sunday there's a, a new preacher. And sure enough, the, the preacher got to the final blessing a lot sooner than uh, Hooper had, this, had thought he was going to do, and Hooper had to walk out with everybody else that Sunday. And as he's walking and is walking with his head down, trying not to be noticed or seen. All of a sudden, he feels a hand on his shoulder. And he looks up. It's the preacher. And the preacher says, Boy, who are you? Whose boy are you? And with that, Hooper just about faints. And he thinks, oh no, even the minister is putting me down. And in that moment of silence, he looks up again and he sees in the minister's face a smile. It's a smile of recognition. And the minister says to Hooper, wait a minute. I know who you are. I see the resemblance. You are a child of God. And you have an inheritance, son. And I want to see you live up to that inheritance. Now go and claim it. And with that, Hooper says the minister gave him a pat on the back and Hooper left. And that evening, across the table, Hooper gives Craddock and his wife 
a very serious look, and he says to them, that was the most important single sentence ever said to me. And with that, he smiled, shook hands with the two of them, and left. And not too many minutes later, Craddock, who, as I mentioned, was a native Tennessean, all of a sudden the light went on. And he said, I know who that was. Hooper was one of only two illegitimate people ever elected governor of Tennessee. In tonight's first reading that Pam proclaimed for us, the prophet Isaiah wants to instill hope in a people yet in exile. And he says to them, you shall be called by a new name, pronounced by the mouth of the Lord. No more shall people say forsaken or your land desolate, but you shall be called my delight. And in a dream, as we heard in the gospel, Joseph is given what might be a nickname for his yet-to-be-born son. His son will be called Emmanuel, a name that means God is with us. But even more important than that nickname is the name that Mary and Joseph give to their child. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. He had no relations with her until she bore a son, and he named him Jesus. My friends, in no other name but the name of Jesus are we saved. The name of that child born in Bethlehem is the name that we carry in our hearts and our minds and sacramentally through baptism engraved on our souls. Because of that name, you can rightly be called a child of God. You, because of that name, can rightly be called beloved. God's delight with a great inheritance. And it's up to you and to me to let others know that they too are a child of God, God's delight, and they have at their option that great inheritance.